Welcome to Calling Game, brought to you by Mediate. I'm Kelsey Trainer with Amba Jagnarain, and we are here with ESPN analyst, former Duke Blue Devil attorney, and infamous Twitter rap god, Sir Jay Billis. Thank you for joining us. Thank Jay. you for having me. It's great to be here, Sir Jay Billis. I love that. I was knighted, as far as you know. Okay, <laughs> I uh, believe it. <laughs> he is also part of the new documentary that's coming out. Um, on the new ACC network on August 22nd at 9 o'clock p.m., the class that saved Coach K. Um, can you just give us a little bit of a background on that? Yeah, I was part of a recruiting class in 1982 of six guys that when, you know, our first year at Duke was Coach K's first year or third year. And uh, there was a lot of talk around the program that is Coach K going to make it? You know, there's talk that he might get fired and all that stuff. And uh, you know, we had a rough first year, but we turned out to be pretty darn good. And uh, and I think Coach K over the years has credited that group with kind of being the catalyst that started everything. And it was touch and go for a little while. But uh, I'm surprised Ken Burns didn't direct it. It was so long ago. But <laughs> you know, all black and white pictures. But <laughs> Coach K has been there for so long. It was funny. I was doing something this morning on ESPN to promote it, um, and and Dominique Foxworth was was on, and we were talking afterwards. And he said, he said, you know, I, I can't wait to see this. I mean, I was born in 1983. I'm like, what? <laughs> and and he's he's not he has not known a world without Coach K as the head coach at Duke. Yeah. And that was a little that was a little disheartening for me that that and you guys are in the same same I young have boat. Also not, you have yep, not known same. a you have not known a world without Coach K being at Duke. Yes. And uh, so kind of kind of makes you feel how old you are. <laughs> when you're I was actually seat. doing some research uh, before you got here, and I saw that you started off at ESPN in '95, and 95. I was like, "That's when I was born." Yeah, oh. that's really disheartening. <laughs> Way to welcome him, Amba. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm so sorry. I have shoes older than you. <laughs> Um, so, so was Coach K's job actually at stake? Like, well, he he said he was never worried about it. Okay, uh, because his athletic director Tom Butters and the president of the university at that time, a guy named Terry Sanford, who was a, sen- a former senator, uh, the state of North Carolina, had never given any indication that they were going to pull the trigger on him. But it, you heard it all over the place. It was in newspapers, on the cover of different magazines. Will he make it? And so was it an issue? You're darn right it was. And when he signed an extension, you know, we, we started out great the following year, our sophomore year, and, and were nationally ranked, and then he got an extension. And so when that, when the extension happened, you know, there was sort of a sigh of relief among the players that, you know, we don't have to worry about anything while we're here, that he's going to be here. Uh, and that was a, a, a good feeling. But there, it, it was palpable. I mean, it was all over the pro, around the program. There was a, a organization called the Iron Dukes. It still is. I'm a member of it now as an alum. But they were circulating a petition to fire Coach K. Oh my gosh! And like you start thinking about that, and that sounds doesn't it sound it like sounds crazy? Absolutely yeah. insane. Sounds crazy. It does. But that's the way it was. I mean, his first uh, his first few years there, he won like 36, 37 games. Well, we won that. Our senior year, we won 37 games in one year uh, while we wow. were there, and sort of kind of got everything everything into a positive direction. But th- there was a time when it was a little bit touch and go. If, for those of you who don't know, for any of you living under a rock, um, Jay Billis has one of the most uh, out. He's one of the most outspoken people when it comes to paying college athletes. Um, and so, for in layman's terms, can you kind of give us a rundown of your argument of why college athletes should be paid? Yeah, it's not really that they should be paid, not to mince words about mm-hmm. it, but just sort of the idea that nobody else, I- I- except for an athlete, 
a college athlete is told what they can earn or accept. So no student, no other student, no non-athlete student is told that you cannot earn money or accept money while you're in school. And that, so I, I always ask myself, well, why just athletes? Like why are athletes told in sports where they are generating enormous revenues, uh, especially football and basketball players, they make, they, they generate billions upon billions of dollars. Their coaches are paid millions upon millions. Uh, these gigantic TV contracts, shoe contracts, uh, you know, apparel deals, you name it for the schools. And yet the players uh, are limited in what they can earn or accept. They get a scholarship and that's it. Now, some people will say, well, that's pay. Yeah. I mean, they're going to say what? Uh, Duke tuition's what? $58,000 yeah. a year. You well, times it's more that than by, that, actually. Yeah. 60 something. Because <laughs> I've, I've been paying it for my daughter. <laughs> Two times that by four. That's the equivalent. That's how much they're getting. Yeah. So but, what, about a, what about a regular student that gets a scholarship? Yeah. Are they being paid? They can work a job if they want to. They're they can do anything they want. Yeah. They can receive, they can write a book, they can yep. appear in public, you know, they can uh, appear on stage, they Nobody's can appear in movies, them, they can do right. whatever they want. Nobody nobody says, you dirty professional. My yeah. daughter was an art major at Duke, and, and we're very proud. She's very talented, and she sold her work while she was in school and was celebrated for it. But if an athlete sold something or... Autograph. Uh, you name yeah. it, then they're, they're looked upon as a criminal. And my thing is, well, why, why are we doing that? Like, why are we policing this like it's some sort of, like they're selling drugs or something? Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, it, the free market will determine what everybody's worth. Yep. And when they say, well, you know, and, and look, I don't mean to cast aspersions on anyone, even though I'm about to do that, but <laughs> it's so ridiculously stupid. The questions people ask, they'll say, well, do we pay everybody the same? Like, in what endeavor has everyone played this? <laughs> like, that's just, just like so stupid, I can't even imagine that. And you're saying that, that, well, it's funny that, you know, you mentioned Duke. Well, Duke knows exactly whom to recruit and whom to put in the game when they need to win, but they don't know what anybody's worth. Like, come on. Duke has 30,000 employees. They're not saying, well, what do we do? Do we pay the landscape professional the same as the president of the university? And what yeah. about the head of surgery? Do we pay the hot dog vendor the same as the head of surgery? Because they work just as hard. So uh, it's just not fair. We can't figure it out. It's so difficult. And we don't have enough money to pay them. It where's always, the money going to come? You're yeah. going, where, wait a minute. You're, you're actually <laughs> saying, where is the money going to come from? Like you've got the, the, the university generates hundreds of millions of dollars off of athletics. And now that may mean somebody has, somebody's going to make less going forward, mm -hmm. but you can't tell me there's not enough money when the revenues keep rising and rising yeah. and rising. You could have said when I was in school, where's the money going to come from when the school only made 30 or $40 million a year instead of 120, yeah. which they make now. Uh, so my thing is, you know, you, you'd better, in America, you don't have to have a reason to make money. You have to have a reason to restrict somebody from doing something. Yeah. And we don't have a good reason to do that. No, absolutely. And, and, and it's been found numerous times, as you guys know, in violation of federal antitrust law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that should be a pretty good signal that the NCAA is not doing the right thing. Yeah, it always baffles me that, like, Every time I see any of these arguments against paying, everybody's always acting stupid. They're like, "Well, how are we going to do this? Just let it, let just let yeah. them give give them the." the We're going to have free fights reign. in the locker room, like you, know, <laughs> you mean the when, new LSU locker room? Yeah, that, exactly. Oh my god! Uh, like well, we'll have fights. Like how how if one person gets more than another, it's going to cause a riff in the team. <laughs> well, like, well, they don't all get the same amount of playing time. Yeah, they don't get the same amount of shots, same amount of opportunities. It's funny. It's a meritocracy until we talk about money. Right. And do all the assistant coaches make the same? Do all, uh, coaching staffs don't make the same. The yeah. people in the athletic department don't make the same. 
we don't want fights in the athletic department. Everybody should make the same. <laughs> so Coach Cake should make the same as his secretary. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, right. Uh, because the, his secretary works incredibly hard, <laughs> and she works just as hard. It happens to be a she, but she, mm-hmm. he or she works just as hard as Coach K does, theoretically. Yeah. So why, why is he worth more? That yeah. could cause a huge rift within the university, and we yeah, don't want. We don't want nobody, that. <laughs> nobody says that stuff because no, it's just rank not. stupid. Yeah, it's not. It's not a solid argument at all. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned the LSU locker meant, room. Have yeah. you seen pictures of the LSU locker room? I it's have bigger seen than my locker house. rooms. I've, it's bigger than the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that's, see, people sort of misunderstand my point of view on that. I don't have any problem with that. Mm-hmm. Spend whatever you want, yeah. build whatever you want. But don't say that you don't have the money to exactly. pay. Exactly. Don't say you don't have money when that's what you're doing. Right. And because you do have the money. And the truth is, those facilities are built for recruiting. They're built for two reasons for, for, increased performance mm-hmm. and for recruiting and they're built for no other reason and people say well that's for you know that's for the benefit of the athlete no it's not no like there may be ancillary benefits for the athlete but but it's funny you know they don't say hey listen coaches you guys are paid so you don't get to use these facilities yeah. <laughs> you know they say oh the players get look they get travel well how are the coaches getting to the games oh oh they go on the same plane yeah. oh well look at the high hotels they said where are the coaches staying well, they stay in the same, same hotels. That's that's amazing <laughs> that, that that works that way. Yeah. So it's a benefit to the athlete, but then everybody else gets it too. Yeah. That are that are paid. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just they, they're they're cherry picking arguments, and even mm-hmm. the ones they cherry pick, you know, they don't hold up to to sunshine. Yeah. One of the arguments that that I like really have an, uh, an issue with is, um, you know, people are like, well, they have scholarships, they're receiving, you know, enough enough in in education. But, um, you know, I read this, this report that UNC was busted recently for administering paper classes to student-athletes where basically uh, an, an athlete would just have to write a paper and receive a passing grade, and these classes are used to inflate a student-athlete's GPA so that they can remain eligible. So in that case, that argument doesn't even work. You know, these kids aren't even getting an education. Yeah, they're they, not getting they, they're they're not getting that degree no. worth such and such amount of money. Yeah, and even even if you take it out of sort of the the academic fraud argument, uh, right now with with all these colleges and universities, because of the academic standards that the NCAA has put in, uh, really the incentive is for players to take the easier path so they don't come anywhere close to being ineligible. So they're getting, they may be getting degrees, but how valuable is the degree? Yeah. And are they getting it in something that's actually going to help them? Yeah. So, but, but that, that to me, those are, those are issues for each individual school to yeah. deal with. But, you know, my thing is, hey, look, you know, I don't think we should, ha- we should worry about, like these schools know, they understand academic standards. I, I don't think a, a player should be penalized for challenging him or herself and falling short. You know, so if you if you take a difficult class and you happen to get a D in it or something, uh, you know, I don't think you should be penalized and the school should be penalized for that because the flip side of that is they're going to take the easiest path Mm -hmm. and they're not going to have a degree that's that's worth anything. Now, the NCAA will tell you, well, if it's offered by our member institutions, it's worth something. Top notch. No, it's actually (laughs) not. not. No, no. Um, I think my mom, when she went to Penn State, she took skiing and she just got to go to the mountain every day and she took a class i mean oh i took i took so i went to duke it's a great school um but we were allowed to take uh two pe courses i took a class called tension control where we literally went to the wrestling room and learned relaxation techniques every day 
and wow. you know would like a meditation class. Yeah, kind of. Wow. I think and we then, need that we, here. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, you could argue that there was there was some great value in that. Yeah. But then you could also look at it going, really, that's for me, yes, like yeah. all you did was lie down. Yeah. And that's really all we did. Yeah. Uh, and it took a class called Intro to Jazz. Oh wow! Um, I love which that. was incredibly easy. <laughs> But at the same time, I remember a lot from that class. Okay. It gave me a it gave me an, an introduction into a genre that I did not understand very much about. So, you know, you could argue Crip course really easy, mm-hmm. which it was, or you could you could also argue, but there was some clear benefit from that. Yeah. And you know, like I said, my daughter was an art major, uh, and she was an artist, so she painted all day. Um, w- was it of great value? Um, not if she works on Wall Street. <laughs> but but it was a, you know worked out for her. Yeah. But there, you know in a liberal arts education, you're going to be able to point yeah. to certain things and say, "Hey, man, that's that's too easy." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went to a D three school, and everybody in athletics in my school, we we all kind of gravitated towards the same classes mm-hmm. because you're not getting any anything at a D three school. You're in athletics because you love the sport and you want to be in athletics. So you you did see. A lot of the a majority of the athletes going towards certain classes, you know, liberal yeah. arts, communications, and I was a corporate comm major, so fell fell in the same yeah. in, in the same boat. But that's that's what you see with with athletics because you know when when you have student athletes that aren't receiving any kind of compensation, it's even even if you are receiving compensation, it's so mentally and physically taxing mm-hmm. on a young body. And we all know this; we were all student athletes. And you know it's 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 unreal that you know, you can't you can't afford to pay a student athlete when you're putting them through all this you know lifts um, work workouts yeah. every day practice class yeah. studying and if you don't want to pay fine like if you're if your school my school whatever if Duke decides you know what we're going to offer a scholarship and that's the end of it and we'll provide all these other benefits and let that deal stand on its own in the marketplace if but if you don't want to pay don't pay yeah just like if you don't want to pay coach k if you say hey coach k listen 8 million is too it's bridge too far for us we'll give you 2 million and that's that's our max then he'll if, be like i'll go somewhere else it's going to be exactly pay me exactly you know and and let everybody pay what they want right and uh, and if they want to pay great if they don't that's fine too if they want to pay a, a, an exorbitant amount go ahead if you want to pay mm-hmm. you know what you consider reasonable go ahead uh, let the market dictate it yeah. um and everything the world will stay firmly on its axis and you know, nobody will turn away from these games. They'll continue to watch because I, I have a pretty good idea. You know, we're talking about age. So I graduated college <laughs> in 1986, and we used to go speak at these, you know, booster events or something. So if I had spoken at an event back then and said, you know, just want to let you guys know that someday you're going to pay our coach $10 million a year, they would have said in 1986, you're crazy. Absolutely We not. would never do that. Yep. That's not what this is about. That's not what Duke is about. And they're doing it, and they love every second of it. And nobody's complaining. At least they're not complaining publicly. Yeah. So it's funny. They can make their own decisions in that, but they don't trust themselves to make decisions with regard to players. And I I find that sort of laughably absurd. Yeah. So it it does seem like to me, so I just read up on that new California uh, pay Mm -hmm. to Paid to, what is it called? The Paid to Play Act. Yeah, it's Paid to Play, pay yeah. to play Act. Um, it's more a name, image, and likeness. Yeah, but. yeah. It seems like with with a step like that, it seems like we're getting there. I mean, it seems yeah. like we are approaching athletes getting paid or at least being able to profit off mm-hmm. of the use of their name, image, and likeness. Um, 
Give me your take. When when will we see it? I think it's coming. I don't know the answer to that, though. Okay. I can't tell whether it's five years, 10, uh, or anywhere in between, anywhere short of that. Uh, there, there's movement in Congress now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Representative Mark Walker up in, uh, uh, that's California, I think, but but also uh, Chris, Chris Murphy, Murphy in yes, Connecticut. Yeah. He just had that hearing. Uh, is pushing forward legislation in Congress. Uh, and I've spoken with, uh, with several different uh, senators and Congress people uh, about this. Uh, that have called to sort of try to educate themselves on different perspectives. And there's a, there's a groundswell of support for it. I think fair-minded people are looking at this going, wait, this isn't right. Yeah. And now what, I've, what I will find interesting is the representatives, Congress people, uh, senators from different states, their constituents, if, if schools within their, their districts or, or their states are saying, wait a minute now, if we go to pay the players, we're going to be at a disadvantage. Will that will that sort of influence the direction that they yeah. vote? I, I'm sure it will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. And right now, uh, you know, people, I think the NCAA has been has been trying to say, hey, you know, you, you pay the players and you're going to have fans turn away from this game. And there's no evidence that that's true. There's absolutely none. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the more the players get, the bigger this gets, the bigger the facilities get, the more eyeballs there on on the, are on this stuff. So, look, I think we'll see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the FBI thing has proven uh, beyond any doubt that players have been paid forever. They were paid when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're being paid now. Um, it's just it's not kosher to the rules. Yeah. But it's, this underground economy has basically been built by the NCAA um, and you know you can't make money like they make it, and then say to one segment of the population that's driving the revenue. That's driving, yeah. They're the ones anything. who are they're yeah. bringing the people yeah. in. You know, people go to a Duke game to see Zion. Yeah. And then you know he ends up injuring himself, mm-hmm. and what could possibly be you know career end. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're asking these athletes at their prime time. You know, some of them might not go to the NBA. This might be the only time of their career in their college career where they can make money off of sport. Right. Um, and you're asking, you're saying, no, you can't do that. Yeah. We you don't tell. Yeah. For some reason, we treat athletics like it's some sort of contagion. You yeah. know, we got to keep it away from the regular students. And, <laughs> uh, we'll make money off of it, but we don't want to we don't want to mess with with this. And yet, you know, nobody tells a, a, a student musician or a student thespian or a student journalist now you realize it's a pipe dream for you to like be a, you know, be on Broadway. You know, you know, you know only one percent of those <laughs> who who go yeah. through, you know, sort of student, uh, you know, student performances ever perform on Broadway. You realize yeah. that, right? Yeah. But we're not discouraging them, right? And we're not saying to musicians like, look, you know, how few musicians actually cut a record. <laughs> And make money off. We're not telling them that you, what you do is not worthwhile. You know, you make sure you pay attention to something else. Yeah. We don't do that. Right. You know, we encourage them to do it. That's a that's a you know, the arts is this wonderful pursuit in and of itself. And you're like, wait a minute. You know, the, these guys, and I, I include myself in this when I played, and you guys too, that when we played, like just because your life as a player, you know, if you play professionally, might not be long. You know, your life in the game can be long. You yeah. can coach, you can be in administration, yep. you can be in a front office, you can cover the game like I do and all that stuff. It, it you know, it doesn't just end when your your playing days end. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that your time while you're there is not worthwhile. Exactly. 
That's exactly right. That it's that it's wasted it's wasted right. effort or something. Exactly. Yeah, you, know, you kind of wonder when you listen to these NCAA folks. You're going, okay, so if this endeavor is such a pipe dream, why do you pour this much money and effort into <laughs> it? Why do you allow this? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're 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 talking out of both sides of your mouth here, and uh, and it's a little bit infuriating after yeah. a while when you listen to that. This is a calling game. We're here with Jay Billis. Jay, uh, when you were at Duke, um, you know, when, when I was at, at my school and I was a student athlete, we had this thing where, depending on what your GPA was, you had to attend a certain amount of tutoring session hours. Either you would have to sit in the student academic center for an hour, two hours, three hours a week and do your homework, and, um, or you had to sit down with a, with a tutor for a certain amount of time. When you were at Duke, did you what what kind of um, academic related benefits were available for you? Not many. We had study hall when I was a freshman, so we, we were required to go to uh, you know sit down and, and do homework, I guess, or study uh, in that environment. But it w- wasn't required for very long. I think after they figured out, all right, these guys are, are okay, <laughs> we, we were allowed to kind of go on our go on our own way. We did have an academic advisor named Chris Kennedy and his whole, uh, Dr. Kennedy, his whole, he was the entire academic advising department mm-hmm. when we were in school. Yeah. So you would, you would run things by him if you had a paper or something to say, hey, you know, what, what would be good here or something. He may, he may help you with that. Uh, but but it was it was, was somewhat just for minimal for athletes or for everybody for athletes okay. yeah um, and but now I mean these things are gigantic you know the amount of help that the players get is is huge yeah like and, spark notes versions of like you know essays and stuff like that yeah and and you know it depends on what people's tolerance you know maybe they maybe folks think that you know college is a sink or swim endeavor. If they put, you know, if they if they admit you, you should be on your own. I don't know what services were available to the quote unquote regular students when I was yeah. in school because I didn't care. <laughs> that was, a, you know, that was up to them. But uh, I never worried about that stuff. Um, but you know, when I was in school uh, in the '80s, we didn't have the same resources, so there was no nutrition. Um, the players now don't eat anything that's not good for them. Yeah. And, you know, they have chefs. And I was just at the University of Alabama with their football program uh, in early August. And they have five chefs there. And what? the players eat all day long. I mean, they, 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 they put six, 7,000, 8,000 calories in their bodies every day. And everything they eat is good for yeah. them. And, uh, uh, you know, and you, you really look back to when I was in school, there's no way we fueled ourselves properly. You know, trying to eat no. in the cafeteria, and sometimes yeah. you wouldn't have time yeah, to eat at all. Meatball sandwiches, yeah, and yeah, hoagies, bagels. So right out. before exactly. we at at my school, like our softball team, there was this place called Bagel Express right next to our school. We would go in there and have like bagel, cream cheese, egg and cheese, sausage, huh. egg, right before a game, yeah. immediately before a game. Like it's no, probably why <laughs> nobody was telling playing. us that that wasn't okay. Like we shouldn't do that. Maybe yeah, that's now, not great for your performance. It's crazy wh- what they're doing, and, and I think it's all great. Yeah. I have no problem mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, people misconstrue that when you point this stuff out, you're criticizing. I'm not criticizing it. Like most of it's great, but you know, you don't want to you don't want to start saying now this is some benevolent gift that the university are bestowing on the athletes for yeah. the good of the athletes. It's they're doing it because they want the athletes to perform at a higher level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's great. They should. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, you know, don't confuse, you know, don't confuse this with some sort of, uh, you know, hey, what what can we do that would really be they would enjoy? 
you know, they're going, no, we need to fuel them. It, it, it's like, they, you know, what can I do for my car? <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I, my car would probably, better gas would help. You know, no, you put better gas in the car so it performs at a higher level. Yeah. Uh, it's more efficient. And that's why they do the same thing with athletes. Yeah. Okay, so lawyer to lawyer. I don't know if any of you know this, but Jay is also a practicing attorney. And I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the U.S. Women's National Team lawsuit against the the men, against the soccer federation? I support it 100 percent, not because uh, sort of I think that, well, you know, they agreed to this in collective bargaining and so they should be stuck with it or something like that or that they make the same amount of money. They make more money than the men. Therefore, this or that. It's not arguments like that. It's I am I'm looking at this sort of holistically saying, what's the right thing? Yeah. You know, let's not talk about who's generating more money. Let's talk about what's, what kind of society do we want to live in. And to me, when, when I look at this and look at, uh, you know, Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe and all these great athletes, would I sit there as, as the head of the governing body and try to tell someone when, when I'm, I'm also talking to every young female mm-hmm. athlete out there that's coming up, what you do is not worth the same as what a man does. Like, when do we say, when, when is somebody going to say, you know what? Okay, maybe they're not, and this is not the women's national team, mm-hmm. but, but take, the, take the women's national team in basketball or something like that and say, all right, it's true. The WNBA and the women's national team in basketball are not generating the same kind of revenue mm-hmm. as the NBA and the men's national team. It's not the same interest. Not the, Do we want to, we really want to go with that? Yeah. And say, you know what? Your gold medal's not worth as much as LeBron's gold medal. I'm not willing to say that. And at some point, we have to say, nope, let's hit the reset button and say, what do we want to be going forward? Do we want to tell? Because, I mean, I I grew up in a time where when I was a kid, Billie Jean King was was fighting for equal pay at tennis tournaments. They weren't making anything. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, they started uh, the women's tour at the time, the Virginia Slims tour when I was a little kid. And, you know, I was a kid when Bobby Riggs and, and uh, Billie Jean King played in the Astrodome. Wow. I lived through that and wow. remember it. And sort of the idea that there was, a, there, was a, there was thoughts that, well, wait a minute, Bobby Riggs has to win because men are better than women. <laughs> you know, that was, there, people were in different camps. And you had you had high profile women saying, "Well, I think Bobby Riggs will win." Yeah, you know stuff like that. I mean, it was Chris Ever was one of them, mm-hmm. and I, you know I, I remember seeing something recently how she kind of regretted that. But uh, when do we say that? No, we're we're just going to do the right thing. Yeah, like in, in in my law firm, you you probably wouldn't believe this, but when I when I started with my law firm uh, in in 1993. I had said to them, look, I'm going to pursue this broadcast thing. Mm-hmm. And if you have a problem with me working full time and pursuing broadcasting at the same time, you need to tell me now because I'll, I'll find somewhere else to work. And they said it was no, it was okay with them. And I had some of my female colleagues uh, came up to me and said, hey, we just wanted to say thanks that, you know, you, you've helped make it okay for us to pursue other things too. Oh, that's, that's I'm like, wow. what? amazing. <laughs> I'm like, why would I make it? That, that has... I can't imagine, like, sort of the idea of being able to pursue a family and, and I didn't think they were correct in, in crediting me in any way, shape, or form. It, the reason I'm bringing that up is, is sort of the idea that 
I, I could not imagine that we were living in a world at that time where that was that big of a concern. Yeah. yeah. And so we're gonna we're, I'm gonna work in the same office, and the same work is not valued the same because someone is gonna go off and have a family, and that makes no sense to me. And so I think we've hit the reset button in a number of areas, but it's not I it's not right yet. I think we're trying, and that's actually how like this got started. That's how Calling Game that got started. We saw the um, statistics that four percent of sports media coverage is focused on women's sports. So we may get a point here. Um, you know, if we're taught, if we, we want to cover women's sports, probably about 70, 30. And if we're not, we go out and we find a female, uh, attorney to talk to. We find a female sports analyst to talk to. Um, because when you're, what you're talking about is what are the reasons why, why doesn't the WNBA versus the NBA make as much money? Does it have to do with talent or does it have to do with, you know, that men's sports have been covered by the media at a 96% rate? For however long. It's, it's just the level of support that yeah. women's sports get. You know, if, if you I mean, don't give women's, women's sports and it's on it's on everybody, it's on the media, it's on, you know, everybody. But if you don't give that level of support from, from you know, the starting areas, and that's what we we kind of came to that conclusion. We were like, that's that's where it starts. Yeah, you can't watch Sue Bird or Diana Taurasi or Elena Deladon play basketball and not be just so impressed. Yeah. Elena had this... Uh, no look the other day. I just, I, I mean, it, it blew me away. I, I stepped back from my computer when I saw it, saw it. Um, and so, okay, so they're not dunking. Well, now Brittany Griner's dunking. Uh, it, it's out there. The talent's out there. Um, the, uh, the Liberty just had their game at the Barclays Center uh, last week, and they play. They usually play at Westchester. It was filled. Um, so the interest is there. So that's kind of well, what it's you're beyond, talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's beyond. Like, I think it's beyond a civil rights issue. It, it, it's just what's right. And so, like, look, I'm not, I'm not part of the NBA Players Association, but if I were, one of the things I would be mindful of is what, what obligation does the NBA Players Association have to women's basketball? Mm-hmm. And if, if, like, I think it's a, a problem that the best women in the world have to go overseas to make money. Yeah. That the the WNBA does not pay well enough, that they can you know that, that the best women can play in the United States and make the kind of living they deserve. They have to go really make their money overseas mm-hmm. and then risk catastrophic injury, injury while doing yeah. it. Right. And so they're overstressed, and then they also want to take advantage of playing USA basketball to play for their country. So the amount of miles they're putting on their bodies is is almost it's unfair. Unhealthy. Yeah. In a, in a way, it's like unfair. It, it is. It's this injustice it yeah. that I just sometimes I can't wrap my head around. So, it. given the amount of money that the men are making, which is, it's great, it's, but it's kind of obscene it's too. Obscene. It's so yeah. I mean, if obscene. I were making it, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't I complain. Yeah. But I'm just saying, is there an obligation? You could do without a mill. Yeah, but do you have <laughs> the obligation to say, hey, let's let's make sure that we are not only supporting this, but we're we're putting money, our money where our mouth is to help it thrive, that we're not just tweeting, hey, love watching Sue Bird yeah. play or something, or congratulations, U.S. Women's National Team, that the men and the women should be in this together mm-hmm. uh, because the women shouldn't have to withhold services to make their point. They shouldn't. It shouldn't have to be like Billie Jean King said, hey, you know, if you play, yeah. they're going to keep doing this. Yeah. The, only, the only way you can make change, you got to stop playing. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, don't want to see that happen. No. Like we can't, we can't all get together and say, wait a minute, what's, this is the right thing. Yeah. 
Like, let's do Did the you right see, thing. That's why it's so interesting that the All-Star game, the WNBA and USA Basketball made that announcement mm-hmm. where, what is it, eight of the top players, I think it's Dan Tarasi, mm-hmm. Sue Birdley, and Del Don, are going to be paid more money to mm-hmm. stay at home. Right. You know, they're not, they're doing exhibition games over here in the States. They're not going overseas to play. It's we need, yeah, I mean, you see the U.S. Women's National Team. The interest is there. Get yeah. these, you know, get these games across the country. Um, keep them here, and and let's find, you know, find the ways for the the money to come in and pay these. Yeah, players. and your point about uh, historically there hasn't been the same amount of support for women's sports is absolutely true. I don't know, like you guys again, again showing age, but like my sister played. <laughs> my sister was the first person in our area in Southern California to play little league baseball. Really, she played on my little league team, which was not <laughs> pleasant was, at the time. Who was better? Oh me. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a, that wasn't casting aspersions on my sister. She was great. Uh, but 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 you, you know, it, it was here. it was not easy having your sister on your team. Yeah. And I like to think I was pretty supportive of her, but I I took a pretty good ribbing from my my friends about it. But uh, you know, like that that that's been my lifetime mm-hmm. in my lifetime. And you know, you guys have seen a tremendous amount of of I guess injustice or or unfairness, but it doesn't compare with with what was before that. Yeah. Yeah. And so while you look at that and say there's been a tremendous amount of progress, mm-hmm. and there has been, but the fact that there's been this much progress, I think, to me, makes me lean more toward, yeah, there's been a tremendous amount of progress. Let's stop there. But we've evolved. <laughs> like yeah. we we have to have evolved to yeah. to be able to see what's right. Yeah. Right. And like, okay, so let's take the leap toward what's right and do it that way, yeah. and uh, and stop arg- stop quibbling over this stuff, and and do the right thing um, because we know what it is, and you know I, I'll tell you another thing that infuriates me. Not to take you too far down the road you started me on, but oftentimes when the pay for play debate comes up in in college sports, people will say, yeah, but. Title IX, if you pay a man, you'll have to pay a woman. Like, that's not and, how it works. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not it's how, how it works. works. That's not how Title IX works. But if it were, so are you <laughs> saying you don't want to pay women? Right. Yeah. Like, isn't that a good thing? So, yeah. like, if you have to, it's like, so to pay Zion, you'd have to pay, uh, you know, the best women's player. Okay. Sounds, sounds and the problem good to is, me. Let's, let's like, go. That's, Where's my that's fine. I'm sure Zion can take a little less to make sure that, yeah. the, that the best women's player gets, gets more. That, that's, that strikes me as being a pretty good thing. Yeah, you made a good point about, about how far we've come um, because I, I, I think this is personal for me. I think about this all the time. I play baseball in a men's league right now, mm-hmm. and I'm, the, I'm typically the only girl in the league on the team, um, and – Usually I don't I don't think twice about it, you know. I'm just like I'm just here to play ball with my friends and that's it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I, I I sit back and I'm like, this this probably wasn't wasn't possible for me, you know, super recently, maybe yeah. ten years ago, yeah, fifteen years, oh, ago. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and or at least you would have heard if you did, you would have heard a lot about it, right? And they don't make you know they don't make a big deal. They're like, oh, well, she's They're like Amba's here, she can hit. Let's right, go, let's, let's get her up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Take some reps. Yeah. yeah. So it, it 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 on on two sides of the coin, I'm like, okay, it's not it's not a big deal. And also, wow, we have come far. We do have a lot further to go. But And what are we telling what messages are we sending to the young people? So if you're a if you're a five year old boy now and you're a baseball fan, you know, sort of in your sport, 
and you turn on the TV and you see Jessica, Jessica Mendoza doing games. That's my girl. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> she's amazing. Um, or you we see Doris Burke. Was yeah, Jessica Mendoza. You see Doris Burke or Carol Lawson, <laughs> yeah. and then you see uh, you see Becky Hammond as yeah. an assistant. Carol Lawson's now with the yes. Boston Celtics. You have yeah. all these different amazing women that are doing. Uh, you know they're doing these great things. It's not strange. It's not it's like the norm. A thing. Yeah. yeah. So you're not you're not going. Well, that's different. Yeah. Because when I was in college, people would ask, or maybe afterwards when I got into broadcasting, people would ask, "Could Pat Summit coach the men's game?" You're going, "Of course she could. Absolutely. Like, of course she that? could. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but but, but but she wouldn't have problems." You know, coaching the men. Yeah, said, you no know, one asks. Can, the men would have a problem. Can Gino? If the coach men had the a problem, game. that's their problem. That's their yeah. problem. Yeah. Somebody needs to speak to them. Yeah. yeah. No one asks. Can Gino coach women? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Winning. Or could he make the transition to coach men? You're like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Like, yeah. Basketball's basketball. Yeah. Yeah, like playing playing in college. We and baseball, softball are you know different, smaller fields, mm-hmm. underhand, all that. I would have these baseball guys come up to me and be like. Oh, yeah, I, I bet I could take your pitcher yard. No. Not from that close in. I, yeah. <laughs> I, re- I really don't think you could, but yeah. you could try. Yeah. And mm-hmm. our, our pitchers would be like, get in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. You can try. That's like, why it's, I, it's just like comments like those we would we would hear all the time. And, it's, and you know, it's the, the, the thing that male athletes don't hear. And I'm like, like, would just infuriate me. I'm like, why are you saying that? Like, what's your point? Well, there's still a lot of Neanderthal in the Y chromosome. I don't know. If you know. I don't know if you guys have noticed yeah. that, but, uh, no, but we it. haven't gotten it all out yet. What are you talking we're still, about? There's still a lot of cavemen. Oh man, cavemen in us. We're working on it. Yeah. Well, I have to say, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Um, I would be remiss to ask though. So, a friend of mine worked for works for the Rich Eisen Show, and mm-hmm. he said his name's TJ, and he said I have to ask you to do a verse from Rapper's Delight. Oh, please do it. <laughs> please. Get, I mean, Ever go over a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? I mean, the macaroni soggy, the, chi- <laughs> the peas are mush, <laughs> and the chicken tastes like wood. So you try to play it off like you think you can by saying that you're full. And your friend says, Mama, he's just being polite. He ain't finished. Oh, that's bull. So your heart starts pumping and you think of a lie and you say that you already ate. And your friend says, man, there's plenty of food, so it piles some more on your plate. While the stinky food's steaming, your mind starts a dreaming of the moment it's time to leave. And you look at your plate, and your chicken's fully right into something that looks like cheese. Yeah, I can keep going. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you hear, you heard it. That was the first rap song. That was, uh, yeah, uh, the Sugar Hill Gang. Yes. That was uh, love probably that. 1979 wow. uh, when I was in high school. I was in high school in the 70s. Wow. You, you heard you must it be really here impressed. first. That sounds like that sounds I'm like a the civil war. Just after the civil war, <laughs> right after right just after few, Lincoln was a, shot. A few what years that? after, yeah. you know. Yeah, I went to grade school when Lincoln was shot, and it was oh. a sad day. Yeah, I'm, you know, <laughs> my condolences. <laughs> so sorry I had to go through that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you, Jay, so much for joining thank us. You uh, so much. Follow Jay on Twitter. You won't regret it. He doesn't Jay follow anybody because he is too cool. Yeah. And I will personally attest to that. Yeah, I yeah. will personally attest to that. He's His Twitter too cool. is a trip. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. Follow Calling Game. Uh, we appreciate you, you coming out. No, thank you guys thank for you having so me. Much, Jay. Appreciate it's my it. Honor. Thank you.